news items from the past couple of weeks. However, not as usual, today we've got a special guest joining us. Yay! Yay. Our colleague, Maureen Dixon-Harrison, is here in the glamorous studios of the News Roundup podcast, and she's going to fill us in on some of the fantastic arts events coming up featuring UC Santa Cruz arts faculty, students, and collaborators. So welcome, Maureen. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. Can't wait to hear what you've uh, what's coming up. I'm Gwen Jordanay, and I'm an editor for UC Santa Cruz News. I'm Dan White. I'm a writer for UC Santa Cruz News. And we're going to talk about the recent news from UC Santa Cruz, all of which you can find at news.ucsd.edu. And then we'll chat with Maureen about art. All right, so let's dive in. I would like to start by saying I have some minor trivial news to convey. All right, better get this over with quickly. <laughs> whatever whatever lay, it is you're going to say. Lay it on. We uh, yeah, have a new chancellor. A what? A new top slug. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> did you miss the have, news somehow? I, I blinked. No, oh my God. Um, so our current chancellor, uh, George Blumenthal, announced his retirement last year after what will be 13 years as chancellor and 47 years, oh my God, on campus. And then the search was on for the new top slug. And then a couple of weeks ago, the UC Board of Regents approved Cynthia K. Larive as the 11th chancellor of UC Santa Cruz. And she'll she'll be here taking the reins on July 1st. It's Can very, you believe? I can't believe it. And it is important to remember Larive, even though it's spelled L-A-R-I-V-E. What else Which is really be like? confusing because she's arriving on campus. She's arriving. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, well, I, you know, what I'm actually wondering is, like, do you think Chancellor Larive would ever come on the podcast? I, if we asked her really nicely, would you yeah. would you arrive on our podcast? Larive <laughs> <laughs> at Scotts Valley said no. <laughs> Should we just throw down the gauntlet right now and be like, come on in and be on the podcast? There should have been just contingent on the hiring, like podcast oh, availability. Oh my god, yeah, I think so. We have a chance. Yeah. What is a gauntlet? I don't. What is a gauntlet anyway? Yeah. Is it like a glove or something? It's like a metal glove. <laughs> Maureen's nodding. She's like, I, I, you guys yeah, I, I think it's also um, something that you go down and things happen to you by really? people who are in the line on each line. Well, right. okay, so one of us is going to have to Google a gauntlet, but let's talk about Chancellor Rave. Right now, she's the provost and executive vice chancellor at UC Riverside, where she's been a faculty member, administrator, and leader for nearly 15 years. She's a first-generation college student and a UC Riverside alum. She got her PhD in analytical chemistry from UC Riverside. And at UCR, she worked to expand educational opportunity and student success. She boosted UC Riverside's progress toward enrolling one California Community College transfer student for every two resident freshmen. And as chair of the first mathematics task force, she helped create curriculum changes and improvements in student success with much-needed gateway math courses. All sound like great things and things we need here as well. It's, it's great that she's taking the first-gen uh, stuff so seriously, yeah. but with, with it's really, really important to be enrolling the, the California Community College students. Exactly, that's where yeah. so much progress is happening is on that level, and I think it's totally. really great that she's taking that initiative. I know. I agree. I think that's a great one. She comes with high praise from UCR as a collaborative and compassionate leader and, 
you know, we just want to say farewell, Chancellor Blumenthal. Thank you for all you've done for this campus. And welcome, Chancellor Lareve. And looking forward to hearing all about your plans for UC Santa Cruz. All right, so that minor trivial news over with. <laughs> Let's move on to something else. Hey, Dan and Maureen, were you aware that UC Santa Cruz is becoming a hotbed of advanced microscopy? <laughs> and my no, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> I never would have thought that we would have that inclination, you know. I know. Towards microscopy. I know exactly. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. So um, powerful techniques developed in the last few decades let scientists study living cells in unprecedented detail, and new techniques are continuing to push the limits of light micro microscopes. Sarah Abrahamson, an assistant professor of electrical and computer engineering here at UC Santa Cruz, is at the forefront of innovations in optical microscopy. I can't say that. Microscopy. I think that since people don't know the word, I think we can just pronounce it anywhere we, any way we like. Microscopy? Like, microscopy. <laughs> she invented a technique that enables 3D imaging of living cells. Wouldn't that be cool? And then she took it even further, and a couple years ago, she showed that that can be combined with another technique that provides super resolution beyond the previous limits of light microscopes. So this is totally cool. This is like, I don't know, a virtual reality sort of headset that's in a microscope? I don't know. Anyway, um, Abrahamson is working with UCSC biologists to build and test the first microscope that does 3G, 3D imaging of living cells with super resolution. And she won a $700,000 grant from the National Science Foundation to fund the project. So big recognition there. And biologists will be using her optical technology to study things like chromatin, the complex of DNA, RNA, and proteins that forms chromosomes in the cells of various organisms. So, you know, it's tiny, but it's big. Ha, 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 ha. All right, and then last thing, um, I want to talk about a film that's out. One of our students is the subject of a Netflix film that hopefully will help a lot of people who have been affected by anorexia. The documentary, titled I Am Maris, by filmmaker Laura Van Z. Taylor, explores Maris Degener's fall into anorexia, her discovery of the healing power of yoga, and her eventual recovery. And like I said, the film's now screening on Netflix. Today, uh, the 20-year-old college 10 junior, who's a psychology major, is also getting requests to speak from Spain to Australia. She's given talks at Lululemon headquarters in Canada and to student groups from the College of Marin to UC Irvine. Parents, therapists, and those suffering from eating disorders have contacted her, and her Instagram account has exploded. It grew from 7,000 followers to 35,000. Amazing. So, wow. pretty cool. You have 20? Instagram followers, oh. yeah. They're very devoted, so you're, so you're almost as cool as her. <laughs> almost. Um, so she was a competitive student and athlete who felt the need to excel in everything she did. But as she went from junior high into high school, she began to feel like she didn't have an identity. And no matter how many accolades she got, she, she felt never good enough. And she began to restrict what she ate almost as competitively as she'd done with her sports and her schoolwork. By the end of her freshman year of high school, she was in the hospital. Her heart rate and blood pressure were dangerously low. Her hair was falling out. Her skin was gray. Eventually, she was released back home, and her doctor suggested yoga as a way to exercise. 
And at first, Degener was skeptical, but eventually she discovered the healing power of vinyasa yoga, which besides movement and breath also emphasizes ethical standards like truthfulness, contentment, not coveting things, and letting go of the need to control. And then the studio owner helped her understand how to take what she learned on the yoga mat into the real world, and yoga became a healing tool for her. And now she's a certified yoga instructor, and she teaches two classes at UC Santa Cruz, both of which are always full, I hear. For Vansy, I Am Maris is not only her first full-length uh, full documentary film, but also a way to reach those dealing with anxiety, depression, or addiction. If you want to know more about Degener, you could go to www.yogamaris.net. All right, so powerful film about an interesting student, and I'm glad she's doing well now. I love the fact that she's also exporting what she learned and how the way she changed her life to this mass audience. So hopefully a lot of people will follow suit. I think that's great. And being a really great role model on campus. All righty, so Dan, what's on your news radar? Well, for starters, as many of you may know, the University of California has a long history of working with farmers to improve their growing methods and fight, you know, the bad bugs that eat the crops and just improve efficiency of crops. It's something that that uh, that UC does, and in fact, yeah, yeah, we're a, we're a power there, powerhouse, and UC uh, as a whole, system-wide, coordinates its outreach to farmers with its University of California Cooperative Extension offices, and these serve every county in the state. Now, uh, UC's Cooperative Extension Service has taken a really important, bold step forward by hiring a specialist who is dedicated single-handedly to organic agriculture. The time has certainly come for that. The yeah. specialist they have hired is none other than our own Joji Muramoto, who's a longtime research associate with the University of California at Santa Cruz. Uh, Miramoto will coordinate a statewide program focused on the organic production of strawberries and vegetables. In fact, he already started. His first day was May, the end of May, actually. Um, he is highly regarded for the depth of his knowledge of soil science and for his pioneering contributions to the organic productions of uh, strawberries, a delicious high-value crop that is unfortunately notoriously vulnerable to all kinds of buggies that like the strawberries just as much as we do, yeah. if not more, as well as all kinds of soil-borne diseases, which poses a real an interesting uh, challenge because how do you fight those things without resulting to harmful pesticides that will yeah. kill everything around the strawberry? That's where organic farming uh, know-how comes in. Anyhow, he will have a dual affiliation. He'll work for the cooperative extension of the system-wide UC, but continue to work for Central for Agroecology and Sustainable Food Systems, otherwise known as CASFIS, mm -hmm. at UC Santa Cruz. He's honored and humbled to have the position. Now, Daniel Press, who is our distinguished CASFIS director, said the establishment of an organic specialist is long overdue, which is certainly true, yeah. and that Muramoto is a great choice. There's highly visible public recognition of the significance of agroecology and organic uh, agriculture. And this is kind of a beautiful thing because, as many of you also know, UC Santa Cruz is an organic farming powerhouse and pioneer that has exported its knowledge all over the world, actually, uh, for flourishing organic farming on the central coast and uh, farther afield. Uh, and this is really kind of a lovely thing for, for Muramoto, too, because everything is kind of coming full circle. Uh, as a young assistant professor studying soil science at an agricultural university in Japan, he found it really difficult at that time to get support 
for the work he's now being acclaimed for doing. He really wanted to do organic production at a time when that was really button pushing and others in his department pushed back and they um, were well supported for their work on conventional farming practices including studies on chemical pesticides, boom. Mm -hmm. And the stress took a toll unfortunately on his health and he left the university. So I think it's just wonderful that he's now found this haven with his dream job doing what he really loves to do. I'm wishing him all the best of luck with this really important new position. Yeah, absolutely. He should um, make a lot of progress there. That's oh, I'm sure that he will. And in other really good UC Santa Cruz news, uh, not one but two scientists at UC Santa Cruz have been elected to the National Academy of Sciences. Yes, a very distinguished group and one of the highest honors, really, that a UC U.S. <laughs> rather <laughs> scientists can hope to receive. Michael Dine, Distinguished Professor of Physics, and Susan Strom, Distinguished Professor of Molecular Cell and Developmental Biology, were both elected to the NAS in recognition of their achievements in original research. And they joined 12 other, that's really impressive, mm. UC Santa Cruz faculty were already members of the academy. So anyhow, uh, Dine's a high-energy physicist, uh, affiliated with the Santa Cruz Institute for Particle Physics, he's made really important contributions in the areas of theoretical particle physics. For instance, he's also done a bunch of other great things. His work also addresses big questions in cosmology, such as the nature of dark matter and dark energy. Strom is a leading authority on the development of germ cells, those are the cells that give rise to sperm and eggs needed to create the next generation of organisms. She's also made really important findings in the field of epigenetics, which refers to DNA modifications that influence gene expression mm -hmm. without changing the DNA sequence of genes. So anyhow, congratulations to both of them. Uh, yeah, definitely. In uh, with some recent uh, news with a really uh, great sounding collaboration between UC Santa Cruz and the Los Angeles County Museum of Art to present a day-long symposium on the works of the influential British filmmaker and installation artist Isaac Julian. This happened last uh, month. Uh, a central figure in British visual culture, black British cultural studies, and queer independent cinema for the last two decades. Julian recently joined the UC Santa Cruz faculty as a distinguished professor of the arts. And I've got one more little mini update I'd like to share. This is kind of a fun one. Awesome. Um, on Monday, I had the privilege of being at Bookshop Santa Cruz in downtown Santa Cruz when they had the grand opening of its UC Santa Cruz Slug Store. What? Yeah, it's a wonderful little UC Santa Cruz themed store within a store. It's housed inside the bookshop with all kinds of really thoughtful, interesting, well-created slug merch and swag. <laughs> UCSC shirts, UC Santa Cruz beer glasses, just everything, an, an ornament. My daughter played with a little UC Santa Cruz slug finger puppet. <laughs> and uh, really a distinguished group of people there doing the ribbon cutting ceremony. Bookshop owner Casey Coonerty was there, so was her brother, who happens to be the third district supervisor, Ryan Coonerty, as well as their dad, Neil Coonerty, original owner of Bookshop, also a third district former supervisor, and several community partners. It was really quite a thing when you saw Sammy the Slug. Slugs don't normally have, you know, <laughs> fingers uh, wield the giant scissors, and it was, nice. it was really something. I'm wishing them continuing success uh, for their store. Yeah, very cool. I'll have to go and check that out That's next time downtown. <laughs> very, very engaging. I also forgot to mention, almost forgot to mention, that it's all, it'll also be a, a headquarters for future collaborations between the bookshop and uh, UC Santa Cruz, both of which came to life, as you know, uh, opened their door to the public in the uh, 1960s. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't bookshop just one year after UC Santa Cruz? One year. 
Wow, mm -hmm. so quite the blossoming that happened in those years. Yes. All right, so we've gone through, we've, uh, we've kind of gone through our news updates. So Maureen, you are up. What do you want to tell us about what art uh, events are coming up? Oh, well, it's great to be here after listening to all the, the science news. You kind of lost <laughs> me at micro, but you know. Um, I, I lost myself. Yeah, 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 it's very interesting. I, it's my head spinning right now. I'm just trying to stop. But um, we are at the end of the quarters, and we've, we've had a lot of events going on in the arts division. This weekend, actually today and tomorrow, uh, Saturday, June 7th and 8th from 10 to 6, we have the very popular print sale that the art students put on every year. And it's a great way to support the students and their art. The money goes directly to them. Yeah. All of the uh, material there is original. So we get a large crowd and uh, people just seem to love it. People come from all over the Monterey Bay Area oh, to yeah. this. And it's so fun. It's, it's, a, a, it's fun. a lot of fun. I'm going to be there and buy up a bunch of stuff. Hey, they're taking yeah. credit cards this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know that. Yes. Yes. Don't forget to bring a check. Yeah, the check. No, you can bring your debit card, your oh credit God, card. They'll great. they'll take anything. Well, so, them so I know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But well, but we're very happy about Apple that. Pay. And Venmo. Wow. Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Well, cool. Yeah. So yeah. that's such a fun event. And I've personally gotten a lot of good art there. Um, and for like out of this, this world prices. Exactly. Incredibly yeah. cheap. Definitely. So, and it's a lot of fun, as yeah. we were saying. So what, what was it again? It's on campus. It's, it's on fun. campus. It's at the Baskin Visual Arts Center, which is near the, the theater. It's kind of yeah. in the center of cam campus. Take the west side entrance. That's the easiest way to get in. And there should be plenty of parking. Oh, yeah. Where do you park? Yes. You park in the uh, yes, in the performing arts lot yeah. right in there. There'll be people to help you. This, okay. this Friday it starts, right? This yes, Friday, Friday and Friday Saturday, 10 to 6. Saturday, yeah. the 8th, 10 to 6. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I will absolutely be there for okay. sure. Excellent. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, June 12th, we have the 13th annual social documentation thesis screening, which we call SOCDOC. And we have this every year at the Del Mar Theater downtown, the beautiful Del Mar, which is one of the best places to see any kind of film. Yeah, so so cool. it's always fun to go there. And our students are enormously talented. This is a very tough program to get into. Many are called, few are chosen. Uh, usually there's only up to 10 students. Uh, it's an MFA sock doc program. Each year uh, the students cover issues that have to do with social justice. That's part of the requirement for this program. Uh, so they come up with some very interesting topics that most people just wouldn't know about. And they do their projects uh, the summer between their first and second year of the MFA program. So this year, um, as I said, we have six students. And one of the films is called Tender by Daryl Jones. And it was shot in San Francisco. And it's about um, San Francisco's housing crisis as it unfolds around three black trans women in the Tenderloin. Wow. And when Daryl was researching this, he found that aside from the issues you might typically associated with being a black trans woman in San Francisco, housing is the biggest issue and safe, affordable housing. So as the story unfolds with these three uh, trans women, it's very interesting to see what they go through in the city. Uh, How long are the films? 
they're only 20 minutes each. Okay. So, and the filmmakers are there. They ask, oh. you know, you can ask questions. And um, so these are 20 minute treatments. And another film is People Like Me by Marek Sedgwick. And this is an experimental essay film that challenges dominant perspectives about non-speaking autistic people. And um, Merrick is himself an autistic non-speaking person. And so how this film unfolds, it tells the story of, of him and two other people in this position and um, a, a kind of therapy they went through that has been touted as being the best therapy for this kind of condition, but turns out that it's not, that it's some violent reproduction. Oh, so yeah. very um, interesting story of, of how that unfolds. Um, another story is Sarah Cura by Jacob Moe, and that examines the transmissions of subterranean uh, rivers in Sao Paulo in an area of, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Bishiga which was a traditionally Italian neighborhood in that city. But there are rivers that run underneath it. And so this film is, is about that mm. and the history of that. Another one is Coming and Goings by Martha Orchard, who's from England. And she tells a very compelling story about the destruction of a bus station in Exeter in southwest England and all the politics and everything that went around that. I did a little background check on it, and it really is a fascinating, very typically British kind of quirky story. <laughs> um, and then uh, Mong Kong First Aid by Mavis Su. This was shot in Hong Kong, where Mavis, Mavis is from, and it covers the 2014 Umbrella Movement, where I, I don't think that got a lot of press here at the time because it was the... It was actually um, suppressed by the, the Chinese government. But in Hong Kong, the Chinese government came out and started restricting voting rights and who could run for elections there in Hong Kong. And there was this huge uprising, and 100,000 people came out. There was violence. There was a lot of um, police brutality involved that people couldn't talk about or else they'd be arrested. And so the filmmaker was part of this protest and for the first time has been able to talk about what really happened and how brutal it was. And then we have The Neighborhood by Quentin LaRoe. And that tells the story of residents of Sacramento's Oak Park community and how they're having to go through gentrification. It's a typical, um, very traditional African-American community. Um, moved into the Oak Park area after World War II because they were pushed out of the west side of Sacramento. Right. You know, it's a typical story yeah. that's happening in many of our cities and has happened. And now they really settled here, and now they're being pushed out by um, people coming in um, wanting to gentrify and have houses there for half a million dollars on up and expensive condos and that type of thing. And that wraps it up for all the films, and I hope yeah. everybody will come down and see them. It's it's a really fun and interesting night. Wow, that sounds fascinating. And tell, tell us again the, the date. And the, uh, the date is Wednesday, June 12th. It's 7.30. It's free. It's open to the public. And for more information, you can go to arts.ucsc.edu. Great. And at the Del Mar downtown. And the Del Mar is downtown. 
Well, cool. Thank you so much for that arts update. And I hope everybody gets out to those cool events. Those films sound amazing. And God, there's always you. such great art at the print sale. So um, everybody come on down. So one last thing I want to talk about is an event coming up that is also a minor, uh, minor event here. <laughs> <laughs> it's commencement. Commencement is nearly upon us. Com uh, ceremonies start Friday, June 14th, and they go through Sunday, June 16th. And it's always such a nice time on campus. Lots of happy graduates, ecstatic parents, grandparents, family members, though there is a little extra traffic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, things to know about commencement this year. For the first time, UC Santa Cruz will be doing ticketing for each of the ceremonies on the schedule. Each graduate will receive six tickets to distribute to their family and friends for attendance, as well as two parking passes. And unless a guest has a ticket, they will not be able to join us on campus for commencement. But we will offer live streaming for each commencement ceremony, so those who are unable to join us in person can still cheer on their grad from, from afar. Students had to have registered by May 10 to be guaranteed tickets and parking permits. But the deadline to claim tickets is June 10 at 5 p.m. So, graduates, get your tickets. For all the information about commencement, go to commencement.ucsc.edu. I'm glad you brought that up, Gwen. I've actually, I'm going to two graduations and I've already reserved my tickets. Already Excellent. Went so, yeah. That was such good thinking. Who <laughs> could have possibly told you that you needed to get your tickets in order Let's and everything? See. Maybe it was you. <laughs> what? Oh. Yes. <laughs> all righty. Well... <laughs> Come to, come to think of it, I'd actually sort of forgotten. I thought I did this brilliant idea that came to me on my own. I thought, wait a minute. All right. Good thing we have each other. Um, okay. Well, that is it for this time. So good, as always, to have you with us. And we'll see you next time.